Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. We are kicking off the week strong. We have a great guest for you today. We have Becky Harsh. Now, Becky Harsh is a longtime member of the CrossFit Seminar staff, but even cooler is she recently did a 90-day experiment with the keto diet. Keto is a tremendous buzzword. I get asked about it every single day. No joke. Every day someone reaches out to me. I want to do keto. Should I do keto? My uncle does keto. We're going to drop some knowledge on you today because guess what? Keto works, but it's not for everybody. And we're going to talk all about that in today's interview with Becky. Becky is a wealth of knowledge hailing from Colorado. She owns Beaver Menace CrossFit. But like I said, most importantly, we're going to dive into this topic of keto because so many people like to talk about things that they don't have any experience or knowledge about. Well, that's not the case here on Best Hour of Their Day. We bring on the big hitters. We bring on the best guests. We recently had Kelly Sturette. We've recently had Chris Spieler. We've had Austin Maliola. We bring on only the best, and it continues. We've got some other great interviews coming in the next few weeks from Greg Amundsen, the original fire breather, to Marcus Philly, to Pam Gagnon, And we've got some cool things coming up. We've got box owners that are either doing it really well or doing it really poorly. But one way or the other, they're going to talk about their experience. So if you're a box owner or a coach, you're going to love those episodes. And we're both heading out to the games in a couple of weeks, both Fern and myself. And we're going to hit up quite a few people while we're out there in between heats. We'll be judging the heats. But we're going to be talking to all the CrossFit celebrities, box owners, coaches. So if you see us, if you're in Madison, Wisconsin, and you see us, come grab us. Let us ask you a few questions. We're going to put those all together. So after the games, we're going to have some great content for you. Speaking of great content, thank you to everyone that has reached out about our mentor groups. You should have received an email from us if you hit us up. It's not too late, though. We're extending it a couple more days. But man, the response we got was tremendous. So Please reach out, shoot us a message on Instagram at best hour of their day. We'll get back to you. But like we've said, we can't take everybody on. We're just testing it out. It's going to be a beta test, but clearly there's a need out there. Fern and I are staples in the CrossFit community. We love this. We're going to do CrossFit to the day we die. In fact, that's how I want to go out. I want to PR my Fran time and then just drop, just leave me at the box. Maybe put me inside of a, a bench or something and let me just spend the rest of eternity in there but we want to help coaches develop you take your level one and and then you kind of go hey go coach well turns out you can't really develop without feedback without people smarter than you when i was developing as a coach back in 2007 i constantly sought out people smarter than me the likes of ben bergeron jason Layden, ben kelly I was always seeking out other coaches and learning from them. And that's what we're trying to do now. We're trying to bring it to that virtual world because not everybody wants to get out there these days. Not everybody wants to drive three hours every day to learn from someone else when we can do it right on our couch in front of our computer. So we're going to help you develop, help you prepare for your level two, maybe your level three, or just be the best coach that you can be. Because like I said, in 2007, it was hard, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. So if you're interested in becoming a better coach, if you're interested in 
opening a box or developing your box, hit us up at best hour of their day. And we're going to shoot you an email. We'll get you some details on what's happening and we'll make sure that you have all the information you need to make that happen. Some other cool things we have. The book, Best Hour of Their Day, my book, my third book is set to come out within a month or two. I'm really excited to share that with you guys. It's 30 lessons that I learned in the CrossFit world, and I'm super proud of it. It's been something I've been working on for a couple of years now, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. So we've got that coming out. We've got our mentorship program coming out. We've got a couple other cool things that we're still working on, but it's all from you guys and we couldn't do without you. So whether it's your ideas, whether you're just sharing and tagging us on social media, all of that means so much to us. What was so cool was that message. I don't know if you guys saw it. I put it up. I think it was yesterday. Somebody is opening a box because of our podcast. I mean, that just really gives me a tingle deep down because that's what it's all about. We do this because we love it. We're not doing it for any false praise or for any other reason that we want to grow this community and Fern and I want to give back to all of you. So if we've inspired you, please let us know. Just a simple message. It just keeps us going. You know how good it feels? Well, we like feeling good too. So we appreciate all of that. All right. I've rambled on enough. We've got Becky Harsh coming up. She's going to talk all about keto. And from there, you can decide. Do you want to do keto? Does the sound of all the cheese, all the bacon sound good to you? Or will you miss carbs? You let us know after you listen to this episode what you think. But hear from someone that's done it themselves. Lead by example. That's exactly what Becky does. Here we go. Best hour of their day. Sorry. All right, Becky. <laughs> we, are, we are live and chatting. You are, of course, uh, in Colorado. Yes, I'm currently in Breckenridge, Colorado. Are you, are you visiting our friend? Isn't Tittle out in that area? Tittle does live in this area, but we are just up at our family's condo for a couple of days enjoying the cooler weather in the mountains. We're going to go paddle boarding this afternoon on Lake Dillon. And I assume being in Colorado, you're very high right now? It is high right now. It's about... No, um, no, uh, you, you... Oh, I get you. No, <laughs> I'm not currently high. No. That's how high you are. You forgot you were high. So... Th- That's right. I, I was telling you beforehand, this is going to be more of a hybrid style. So I have two podcasts, Own Your Eating, for our company, and also Best Hour of Their Day. And I want to talk to you about two different topics, one being your keto journey, because I followed it. And um, I'm interested about that from a personal level. And then because we get a lot of people asking us about it, but you're also an amazing coach and box owner and you've done some cool things. Can you believe it in your, in your life on this planet? I cannot believe it. And just still so young, so much, (laughs) so much left to do. How old are you? I am going to be 45 this month. Well, of course you look great. If anybody hasn't seen Becky, Look her up on Instagram. She's very attractive. But, <laughs> and I don't often say that about tall women, just for oh, the record. Oh, thanks for that. Just yeah. for the record. So she's tall too. But um, <laughs> it. Uh, let me ask you this. Is it strange, because I'm 41, like we're old in this CrossFit world, yet we coach so many people. Do you ever find that? Is there, do you struggle to stay connected to those youngsters? I mean, I'm saying like at a level one, level two, while the average age has increased, it's still probably 30. 
No, I agree. There's sometimes that I'll be telling stories and, and all of a sudden I feel like the reference doesn't make sense anymore <laughs> because I'm a million years old compared to some of them. Or there's, I coach people at level ones that are the same age as my children. And uh, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, this past weekend, for example, we had to collect a waiver, which means they're 17. Under 18. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's always interesting, but I always have, and you're probably the same, like you have your jokes and we're like comedians. And so like, we have our jokes that we know we're going to hit. So for me, I'll always pick out like that, the young person and reference them. Whenever I say anything from the eighties or nineties, I'm always like, Hey, you got to Google say by the bell or what, you know, whatever <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, Google, right. you know, but um, it's, I feel, do you feel young because we do CrossFit or do you feel young because you're just healthy? I think, I think it's a combination of both. We are, we have the privilege to be around a lot of young people. Um, but, you know, just kind of healthy living. I look back to what I used to think was old or when I thought my parents were old. And I definitely thought my parents were old at 40. And I don't feel that I, I just, I don't, I don't have the same complaints they had when they were 40, I guess. So I don't know if it's healthy living or just being around a younger population, but I used to think 45 was old and I don't put myself in a category as being or feeling old. It, it's true. I mean, even at my youngest, when I remember my parents, they were old. And I, I have like one of my first memories is my father's 30th birthday party. And in my mind, he's ancient. And I'm like, I'm- yeah over 10 years beyond beyond that. Now, do you think you have two teenage boys? Do you think they think you're old? Oh, absolutely. They not only think I'm old, they think I'm ridiculous as well. They think I am old yet trying to be young. So I've got, you know, I'm dealing with the whole just teenage boys think I'm just really very sad. So. What, but I think you and I have something in common. I think we are both better looking now than we were 20 years ago. Um, so I, I mean, I, I, is that I, okay? Is that a rude thing to say to a woman? No, no. Oh, okay. I, I think, um, I, it's always nice to hear that, you know, I, that people might find me, uh, attractive, but what I have noticed that's different about me is when I was younger, when I was in my twenties, um, late twenties, early thirties, what I didn't have was any confidence. And I think it's the confidence that makes me more attractive than when I was younger. Does that make sense? I, I, I know. I agree. I think it's kind of the same. I tell, you know, I compete at jujitsu and that it's a very young crew that I roll around with. And I always tell them like 40 is going to be even better because you're more confident, like financially, you're more stable. You understand where you are and what your role in this world. You don't take things so seriously. Right. So right. I can see that. But I just remember it's probably a year ago you and you and your husband posted like that you know before and after picture and I was oh, like yeah. wow both of you guys look way better 20 years later yeah I can um I can appreciate kind of some of the throwback stuff because I think you have to own that a bit you have to own kind of your journey and it it helps me appreciate where I'm at right now when I can look back on it and 
and see those throwback pictures and go, yeah, that was me. That's what I went through. This is what I looked like right after I had kids and a really bad haircut and dumpy <laughs> mom jeans. And, you know, you just, you got to own it. Yeah, it, the jeans don't the do jeans. any don't do any favors. <laughs> so, all right. The the main reason I wanted to talk to you is this whole keto experiment. You did ninety sure. days. Yeah, ninety days. You recently posted your results. Yep. But why did you get started? So I find nutrition just very very interesting. Luckily, I'm in a position where I'm generally healthy, so I can kind of play around with my nutrition and see how I feel, how I perform, what I look like, uh, how I sleep based on what I eat. I already know I enjoy CrossFit. That is my workout regimen. So nutrition is one of those things that I can kind of dive all into. And the way that I learn the most about nutrition is by going through the business, right? I just, I kind of decide to jump all in both feet and feel it. And I decided that keto is the one thing that I've not really experienced. I know quite a bit about it via book learning, but I don't know what it feels like. And if I'm actually going to be ever able to help anyone who needed to do a ketogenic diet, I wanted to be able to feel it and speak kind of intelligently to it. And I, and I love it because the truth is I get asked a lot about it. Even at a level one during the nutrition lecture, we kind of touch upon it these days and someone will either say I'm doing it or should I do it and I don't have the experience that you have now I've, I've you know talking to people like you and we have some coaches that have done it but I typically tell people and and, and here's where I want to start with it is you know you're probably not actually doing keto you're probably just lowering your carbs right so how drastic of a difference is actually doing keto from just cutting or minimizing carbohydrates? So it was pretty drastic for me. And what I can tell you is that before I started this little experiment, I was eating 2000 calories a day. I was doing a straight macro-based program where I was 40% carbohydrate, 30% protein, and 30% fat. And I was taking my carbohydrate carbohydrate sources from all different sources. Majority were from fruits and vegetables, good stuff. But then, you know, I like bread. I like pasta. I would work that in as I could fit it in my macros. And I did that regularly for a few years. But, but I, overall, pretty clean. I mean, you're close. Pretty clean. You live yeah. out there near EC. I'm sure you're trying to get in your 800 grams. Absolutely. You know? I was doing that as well. That was all kind of included in it. If I had a little extra space for a treat, then I would definitely have the treat. And that well, was- What would be your treat in the macro when you were 40, 30, 30? Oh, uh, I really like milk duds. What? <laughs> no, milk I love milk That you know was what? like my guilty pleasure. I don't like people that like raisinets. Like oh, no, raisinets are terrible. Milk duds are where it's at. This is probably why we're friends. It is exactly why. That's right. So, so when I switched to keto, I decided that I wasn't looking for a deficit. I wasn't looking to lose weight. That wasn't my goal from this thing. So I decided again to keep my calories right around 2000 calories a day. And I switched my macro ratios to... 70% fat, 25% protein, and 5% carbohydrate. 
And, and I just want to make something clear because in case people don't know, you know, we talked a little bit. You are tall. You're how tall are you? I am six foot tall. So she's six foot. So when she says two thousand calories, a lot of women listening are going to say that's a that's lot. A but, lot. Yeah. but she's you know, and and so I, go look yeah. at a picture maybe at this point because Becky's super lean too. So mm-hmm. you know, get an idea of what she looks like before judging that. So you made uh, that transition to seventy twenty five five. Correct. And that broke out for, if we're talking about grams, it came out to right around, shoot, I would have to look, I would have to look it up. I tried to keep my carbohydrates between 20 and 25 net carbs a day. And that put my... Yeah. And based on quick math, you're probably about 155, 156 grams of fat. Yeah, so that was an aggressive change for me. And that was just literally, I'm going Sunday, Monday. Correct. I went all in one day. And uh, not going to lie, I felt pretty gross. What? So, well, first question would be, and we'll talk about your results, but if someone wanted to test it, would you recommend uh, more like a taper or like you did, boom, boom? Uh, I I think I would... Before I would give a recommendation, I'd need to know a little bit more about the person. Some people handle um, a quick transition a little bit better. I'm an all or nothing, and I was worried if I was going to ease my way in, I just wouldn't do it. So I just jumped in. I think a more successful scenario for how you're going to feel would be easing your way in, but I was just kind of ready to do it. So I went all the way in. No, I agree with you. It's like rather than three changes, just go mm-hmm. for it. When yeah. you say gross, what does that mean? Uh, so the amount of fat that it was almost a hundred grams extra of fat that I had to start consuming. And when you're coming off of something where I was around 55 to 60 grams of fat before that, you know, I was eating egg whites. I was not putting oil in anything. I wasn't adding cheese to anything. I an avocado didn't come near me. You know, I just, I didn't have room for that. And um, so I felt over full all the time. I felt oily and greasy, just I kind of felt like it was coming out of my pores for the fr- first few days. And but, feeling that way, how about energy? People talk about this kind of fog that they go through on that. Did you mm-hmm. feel that as well? For sure. So my worst day or the keto flu, as I've heard it referred to, was kind of day nine, day 10. And that's when I really, I got up that morning around 5.30, which is my standard time to get up. And I just felt sick. I felt like I had the flu. felt like I had a fever. I had a headache. Um, My stomach was upset and I went back to bed. So that's a real thing, the keto flu. Like you felt. I felt physically sick. What like, what do you think that was? Uh, I tried to do some reading on it because, you know, I'm trying to f- learn what this is all about. They said it had to, could have to do with my electrolyte imbalance. Maybe I wasn't doing what I needed to do for as far as getting enough fiber, as far as not getting enough electrolytes to balance out the different kind of energy source I'm starting to work with. So, well, and anytime you change, I mean, here you were 44 years of eating carbohydrates, right. To all of a sudden, like your body's probably just like, 
WTF, what's happening? Yeah. And I felt like I was on fire, burning from inside. You know, um, I had kind of night sweats and things like that going on. And I thought, ah, this cannot be healthy for me. Um, Was there a point where you were like, this isn't good for me, I'm going to stop? Not really. You're not a quitter. I Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I said, I'm going to do 90 days. I want to feel this. I want to go through it. Again, I'm not sick. And then every symptom or reaction I was having, I, you know, I'd do some research and I'd read up on it. And they're like, yeah, that's normal. Do this and you'll feel better. And each time something would happen, I would take the advice I found or talk to people and I would feel better and I could navigate my way through it. But if, if I had just quit at that point, then I would have absolutely said, there's no reason that anyone in the world should ever do a ketogenic diet. And, and I want to make it clear, while I don't promote keto, I think there's a lot of people that should, you know, especially if you're doing it for health reasons or children dealing with autism or Asperger's or seizures, there's some yes. really good, that's science out there. There's, there's stuff proving that, you know. And I also, I also don't, believe that this is the diet for everyone. I, it's very restrictive. It's, um, it's, it's a certain type of person possibly for medical necessi- necessity could do this. I don't know that I'll continue to do it forever, but yeah, it's not, it's just something I wanted to understand. So, yeah. Well, and I think that's a good point. Most of the time people mention it. I don't know about you, when you give the level one, if you've had that question, like, hey, should I do keto? I think people associate it with just quick weight loss. Right. They're not thinking, if anyone raised their hand and said, should I do keto? I have seizures or I have autism. I'd say, talk to your doctor. Absolutely. But I'd say, maybe you're someone that should. But if it's like, hey, you're 20 pounds overweight, there's probably easier and better ways to do easier, it. Easier, better ways to do this. Much more even, much more, um, not as extreme. You don't have to be super extreme to be very successful with what you eat. There is a middle ground. I just wanted to go through this extreme scenario so I would understand what it was about. People hear it and they're like, oh, I get to eat all that fat. That's going to be amazing. But really, are you limited because you have to keep those carbs? Like, you know, you think, okay, peanut butter, but there's a ton of carbohydrates in peanut butter. Even avocado has carbohydrates. That's true. So luckily avocado is pretty high in fiber as well. So if you are chasing it via net carbs, which most ketogenic diets do, then you get to subtract the dietary fiber from things. That's why I'm able to have avocado, but it is not a free for all. And it's not as if you can, I mean, I'm sure you could do it with, you know, buffalo wings and all that stuff, but man, I, I would imagine I would just feel terrible. Like just feel terrible. Did you miss, our friend and our coach for when you're eating mags did it and she really missed fruit. Fruit, that is the thing. That is the one thing that I miss tremendously, especially this time of the year when the fruit is so delicious. And I can work in some berries, some blueberries, some strawberries, some blackberries. And when I say work that in, I mean, maybe a handful maybe a handful. Right, that's it. You can easily get 20 grams of carbs from that. Easily. That's your entire easily. day. Yeah. People think, okay, I'm going to drop my carbs. Even if they do exactly like you said, that ratio, I'll be in ketosis tomorrow. 
how hard is it to actually get your body into ketosis? Yeah, so it took me a while. Um, I decided if I was going to do this, I was going to test it also to make sure I was actually, you know, hitting this elusive ketosis thing. Um, so it took me a good kind of seven days to where I was actually reading what was considered optimal levels versus just trace ketones in my system or whatever. Um, took me about seven days, but I've heard and read that it can take up to three weeks for some people. Did you do anything to expedite that? So for example, our mutual friend, Keith Wittenstein, Mm -hmm. he talks about now he was nowhere near as strict as you. So let's make that very clear. (laughs) But Keith, you know, will say how if he gets out of ketosis, he'll go on a long fast, like a 24 hour fast, or he'll just do this long steady state cardio. Did you do any of that? Or did you try to achieve it strictly by eating the right foods? So I tried to mainly do it by eating, I guess, the right foods. Everybody gave me a lot of input when I was, you know, it's been three days and I'm not in ketosis yet. And that's when people started telling me about the cardio and try MCT oil and and all that stuff. I basically just, again, wanted to go through it, see what it's like when I just am doing my normal stuff. I'm doing my CrossFit workouts. I'm not doing two hours worth of walking around on a fasted state. Um, I just kind of went through it, kept eating the things, kept weighing and measuring my food, making sure I was in those ratios. And eventually it just happened. And since I got into ketosis, I haven't been out of it. Not one. But I also, not one time. Um, I did, so you keep saying, are you still doing it? Because you keep saying like you're currently still ketogenic, are you? Yeah. So. I'm going to give you a yes and no scenario. The thing that I have decided is I'm going to stay pretty low carb. I don't know that I'm going to be chasing ketosis, but I am what would be considered fat adapted now. Uh, But I also, I need to live in a world with more balance. 90 days, I wanted to be strict. I wanted to do it. I wanted to go all the way through it. But one of the things I notice on 90 days is when I'm working a gig, when I'm working a level one or a level two, and we go out to dinner on Saturday night, and you know, Jay, Saturday is international cheat night. Yeah, I do know. Right? You know. And when I don't get to do that, when I don't get to have that with my friends and coworkers, it makes me feel very separate. And that's not a world I want to live in. That's part of my fun when I am working really hard on these seminars and and I need to have that balance. So I, I mean, technically my 90 days only ended last Thursday and I have not, oh, I did, I guess, cheat, which would be, I decided to have sushi because I thought that was a really clean way to get a big carb bomb and see how Huge. I Huge. So I mean, those, I, I wanted to ask, what would the first dose of carbs and for you was sushi? It was sushi. Um, personal sushi. question. Yeah. Did it just give you like crazy diarrhea? It did not. So okay. So your, this, your body handled it. My body was fine. So this was interesting. I did decide well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to have the sushi. I'm going to obviously feel sick tomorrow. I'm just going to be ready for that. This is what I'm going to do. I'm committed to this, but I decided to fast the next morning and I just basically fasted until about 1 p.m. And I 
did my little breathalyzer thing. I was still in ketosis. I worked out. I felt like a rock star. You were still in ketosis. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What do you attribute that to? uh, I don't have a good answer other than, other than the fasting maybe was part of it. And then I did work out while I was fasting and I mean, I don't have a good answer. I just know that's the way it happened. And after I had the sushi, I'm very comfortable eating this way right now. I'm not craving anything. I have a lot of energy. So back to, to ketosis. Oh, yeah. So, so that I'm just, yeah. So that I'm just eating the same way that I have been eating, knowing that I am working this Saturday. I'll be in Las Vegas and I'll probably have something. I'll probably have a lot of somethings on Saturday night and I'll probably not feel great on Sunday. And then I'll kind of just jump back into it, just like we kind of always do. You know, we have Saturday night off, and then we get back into whatever regimen we're working on regularly. I assume you didn't have any alcohol over these 90 days. Your assumption would be incorrect. Okay, so tell me about how you fit alcohol into this. Yeah, so I started, um, for some reason, when I don't have any alcohol, that's when I'm truly dieting. I don't want to diet. <laughs> That's not a world I live in. So I did my research and they said that um, that clear liquor is basically zero net carbs. So I was having some scotch and that was fine. So no problems with scotch. Unlimited. I mean, here's the deal. If I wanted to lose weight, if I wanted to truly like burn fat, if I was trying to burn fat and lose weight, don't drink alcohol because the body will metabolize the alcohol before we'll ever start burning the fat, right? Right. But that's not a scenario I'm in. I'm lean. I have six pack ab anyway. So I wasn't really too worried about that. So yeah, I had the scotch. And then, you know, the first month, the only thing I would have was like a scotch every other night. And then the second month I was doing it, I tried some wine and wine, red wine is about two to three net carbs and I could fit that. No problem. I wasn't having any hard time fitting that and still remaining in ketosis and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so now I'll have scotch or wine. Some of those, uh, some of those drinks, like I guess, Trulies or white claws, basically seltzer with some alcohol in it. Those are also one or two net carbs. What were you tracking that as? I wasn't. So you're basically saying if it's if it's zero net carbs, you're not even accounting it as anything. That is correct. Which is different than what I was doing on any sort of macro program I was on, because I was tracking alcohol on my previous macro um, program, and I was tracking it as um, ten carbs and ten fat per drink I had. So really, you could be consuming more calories in keto because then because in macros we don't typically do net carbs absolutely yeah yeah okay so here's what i'm hearing from you and the only other i have my friend mags who is also pretty strict but it sounds like you were more strict let me let me compare you to keith who often bumps out of ketosis he says on the weekends Mm -hmm. sounds like anything in life the the closer you adhere to the protocol the better the results are going to be sure and the faster your body responds back to homeostasis when you go off. Right. 
you know, you I would agree with that. You go off a little bit with sushi, your body's right back on. You have a, where Keith has said he kind of bounces off and on, but I don't think he's as diligent as you are mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned your breathalyzer. Is that how you were testing? That's how I was testing. I, that's not as accurate as maybe doing a blood test with a finger stick. Um, but I just wasn't willing to go there. That sounds painful. And I'm kind of a weenie when it comes to stuff like that. And I thought, well, I'm not really sick. I don't have diabetes. There's no reason I have to blood test. Um, whereas a breathalyzer could at least give me kind of a baseline and I could see how I jump around with the breathalyzer. So yeah, there's probably like urine ones as well, right? But you don't want to urine. Yeah. Urine is the least accurate and then breathalyzer and then blood testing. Who would do urine then if it's less accurate than breathing? Well, I, <laughs> I don't know. I guess when you first start, there's a lot of ketones that show up in your urine, but once you um, become a little bit more adapted, they don't show up in your urine. So it shows that you're not even in ketosis based off of these urine strips. So, yeah. So you did it for 90 days, mm-hmm. you know, probably like me, say you worked eight out of those 12 weekends. Yeah. You were, yeah. you were perfect on, on all Saturday yeah. nights. Yeah. What were some of the things you would get when you would go out to eat with the crew? So it's, it's pretty easy to order meat and green vegetables anywhere you go. That wasn't a challenge for me. Um, what I would do is... But how'd you get more fat? That's what the challenge is. Yeah. Right? So I would travel with nuts. Um, just pecans is kind of my nut of choice. It's relatively low in carbohydrates, high in fiber. There's other nuts that are much higher in carbohydrates, like cashews. I can't really have as a choice. Um, so I'd travel with nuts. And um, most of the time, I would just supplement with that as need be. And I got so good. Um, I got so good. Sorry. I got very adept at guesstimating my macros when I was doing just macros. And so I wasn't weighing and measuring when I was on the road, but because I did it for three years, I can look at a patty of beef and know that if I'm eating a burger in a restaurant, it's almost always going to be 80, 20 split on protein to fat. And I can plug that into my fitness pal and kind of base all my day around that. I can say two tablespoons of, you know, ranch dressing is this much. And I could kind of guesstimate from there. As, as a whole, is it easier to travel and do keto than it is to do macros then? Is it like pretty simple to be like, it's more black and white from what I'm understanding? Yes, it was more, it was definitely simpler for me to do keto than it was to do macros because I could really, I could very easily just say, I'll have chicken and I'll have broccoli. And then I didn't have to worry about balancing too much with that. I just knew that, you know, add extra fat. If they can give me some avocado, do that. And I'm going to be fine. I didn't have any problem with that. Macros was a little bit more challenging for me, but also, you know, macros isn't challenging. No, and, you've been doing it. So, and, you know, it's, as I say that though, it's like, let me throw in the caveat. It's because you were doing it. Right. Cause you know, I was it's actually easy. doing it. I was going right. showing it. up on Saturday night and saying it's easier. And then mm-hmm. until you have cheesecake sitting in front of you where with macros, you can have a little bit. Right. You know, it was very, 
And sometimes that's easier for people where it's like black and white, I can or can't have this. Right, for sure. Let's talk about performance. What, okay. what happened at the box? Yeah, so uh, as luck would have it, I'm not a very high-level athlete. You're so. pretty fit, Don. <laughs> you are pretty fit. Um, so at the box, it was rough. For about four weeks, I didn't feel great. Um, I started to feel better at around two weeks, but I still didn't feel like I could hit kind of faster workouts until around four weeks. I could do longer ones and have sustained energy, but it was hard to tap into kind of the intensity scenario before four weeks. Once I got past that four week mark, I don't really notice any difference. I, we've repeated workouts. I'm still moving in the right directions as far as fitness goals go, but I need to be real clear that I am a one workout a day kind of a girl. I don't do, I don't even do a Metcon and a strength in the same day, much less in the same hour. I am doing, I show up to my box. I take class there. We do one workout a day. I give it everything I have in that moment and I hit the road. I don't compete. I don't do any additional stuff. So this would be challenging if someone were doing that. I do believe that if somebody was doing multiple workouts a day, needed to compete, I don't know that it would be right for them. But I'm, you know, I'm 44. I'm not competitive. I'm not doing the thing. I'm, I'm chasing some fitness, one workout a day. So, and it works for me. But had I given up at that first month because I didn't feel good, I didn't even feel like I could do the one workout a day. I was just tired. Just every workout seemed harder than it should be. Once I got past that, I feel great. It's just like it was before. Did you take any supplements to help you in ketosis? I, the only thing that I did sometimes and not very often, sometimes in the first month, I would do what's considered bulletproof coffee and I would put MCT oil in that. I stopped doing that after a while. I just didn't like, it just didn't, wasn't doing it for me. So, um, I don't do any, I didn't do anything that was like a keto thing to get into this or whatever. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like people take ketones and to help get them into ketosis faster. No, I didn't do anything like that except for, uh, the MCT oil. I probably, I probably drank coffee with MCT oil maybe 15 days out of the total 90 days. And I wouldn't and say that that's was, a supplement. That's just getting your fat from a different source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. any, you know, there's all sorts of, there's like keto chips these days. Any of that mm-hmm. stuff? Or did you eat primarily whole real foods? You know, um, Doug Zacharis, who we know and love, he got me, one time when I worked with him, he gave me a keto cup. And it was the first time I had had that. It's some sort of pre-made fat bomb keto cup. And it's delicious, but um, but I that was the one time I had something that was like a pre-packaged keto thing. So if you had to name like the three or four primary fat sources, what were they? Uh, avocado, nuts, and olive oil or coconut oil. So, uh, well, also eggs. I eat a lot of eggs now, whereas I was only doing egg whites before. So the what, yolk. Was it challenging to hit your fat and not bust your protein? 
In other no. words, you know, eggs, there's more protein than fat. Only slightly, though. There's, it's but, like. But your ratio is like three, three to one fat to protein. So you have to be primarily getting sources of fat that are almost exclusively fat mm-hmm. or much which, higher. Yeah, in, which is why the, um, you know, I don't know if I could have done this very well had I not been so versed in like the macro tracking and using of the app and all that stuff, because I would do the Tetris. I would play around with the Tetris and I would enter everything in before I ate for the day. I knew what I was going to eat. So I was able to kind of mess around with it and get where I needed to be before I actually consumed the food. And did it matter if you ate it? Could you have had the same results eating lean protein for breakfast, more fat for lunch, and then your handful of carbs? Is it similar to macros where it's like big picture, hit your numbers by the end of the day? Yeah, I think for somebody that's not chasing performance, like I really wasn't, that would have been fine. If you're if you're more of a higher level athlete and you need to do some timing, then that might be more challenging, but I could really just hit it anytime. Do you think Coach Glassman's off the couch, off the carbs has been misconstrued where people take it as like, you can't do macros because you have carbs. But what he's really saying is, hey, don't eat too many stupid carbs. Get off the sugar. Get off the soda. I completely agree with that, Jay. What I've, what I've been trying to explain is that like he's not saying carbs are... Right, dumb. don't eat bananas. Yeah, that's not it at all. What he is saying is the standard American diet is a travesty. And if you just start taking out those processed things, if you, you know, limits when you're going to have the treats and things like that, that's what the difference has to be. You don't have to be 20 carbohydrates for you to be successful and healthy. It is one way to do it. But when he's talking about off the carbs, off the couch, he's talking about, yeah, take the soda out, take the sugar out, take the processed stuff out. That's what he means. That's what I think he means. No, I agree. And I think I've even told people like, they're like, how do you eat a donut? Or how do you eat? I don't eat fast food, but you know, I don't even think McDonald's is inherently bad. Like I think it's disgusting. Sure. But it's not the people that go to McDonald's and get one Big Mac and walk out the door. It's the people that are getting the large fries and 64 ounces of soda. Exactly. And you know, it's, it's the people that out of every seven meals, six of them are from fast food. And it's the people that don't have one donut. It's the people that are having three donuts every time they're, that's their standard breakfast. There's, you know, there is a middle ground when it comes to nutrition. And I do believe that if, you know, I'm an 80, 20 kind of girl at heart, 80% of the time you're doing good, you're going to reap the rewards and have a little of the 20% to keep you kind of insane or kind of sane. That's just not what the 90 days was about for me. I just, you know, it was a test. Just, yeah, it was a test, plain and simple, but that's not how I plan to live my life. I don't even like to be around myself when I am a hundred percent all of the time. It's yeah, not I don't, truth awesome. be told, no one, no one likes being around you. At that yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I expect to see you digging into the peanut M&Ms at the games. Don't worry. Notice that I did this before the games <laughs> was going to happen. There was some there was some method to my madness. So talk to me about the biomarker results. I, you know, yeah. I looked at your Instagram and, and 
you know, I, I looked at your pictures before reading your captions and mm-hmm. it was, you know, very much, you know, cholesterol moved quite a bit. And absolutely having been there myself, I knew to look kind of what the HDL, what the LDL was, but, mm-hmm. you know, talk to me about what you found. For sure. And in the snapshot, when I first opened my lab results, I did not love seeing that my cholesterol went up almost 30 points. My total cholesterol went up 30 points, 30 some points. And um, into a range that is considered above um, ideal. And so that stressed me out right out of the gate. And But then you, you drill down and you start to look at the other things. My HDLs went up 20. My LDLs went up 10. And then you start to look at cholesterol ratios and things like that. Um, I think cholesterol got a really bad rap back in the 60s. And ever since then, they've been trying to prove that maybe it's not the evil that it has once been played as. So um, cholesterol is, plays a big role in the body and the cells, you need it. But it does have to do with what your ratios are and your you know, good versus bad cholesterol and all that stuff. Um, so when I talked to my doctor a little bit more, it made me feel better. When I did more research, it made me feel better. And I think also this is where keto could get a bad scenario. If, if you're choosing all of your sources from fat to be, you know, undesirable sources, you know, if you're eating fried foods and all of that, that's when it could really go off the rails as far as your blood markers. So despite that increase, mm-hmm. I mean, you're obviously staying on it. So you're saying, I'm okay with this. That was, was there any other, I mean, obviously your body composition, you, I mean, from my perspective, you looked exactly the same. Yeah. I really, I was having a hard time trying to really, I'm having a hard time noticing any difference in the way my body physically looks. And like Um, Becky's bragged about already numerous times, she is very, and she does have a six pack. So it's, it's, I'd say on one hand, it would have been easy to tell if you gained weight, but even if you lost a pound or two, you're still so lean that it would be hard to really make a, a dent. Right. I was glad that I did the blood work because if you just look at the pictures, if I just weighed myself, if I just did measurements, it doesn't tell me too much of what's going on inside. I think it's important to know what your markers are and it's important to understand them. So even though my total cholesterol went up, um, my ratio actually got better in four months than getting worse. So that's a good thing. Had I not taken the time to do the blood work, then you just don't have the data. And I think the data is important. And, you know, I'll retest again, maybe in a year and see where I'm at. Who knows what I'll be doing as far as nutrition in a year from now. Um, But I like being connected to what's going on inside as well as just um, aesthetics, I guess. No, I think it's great. If if people are Still curious. I mean, do you have anything else you would add that I didn't touch upon for someone either looking to do it or another coach that gives advice? I just, I would, I would hope that people would have kind of an open mind about the whole thing. And I will tell you straight out that I had some preconceived notions regarding this that have been dispelled for me. And I'm happy that I went through it. It gave me a better understanding of this and of myself, knowing that I could. I could do this if I needed to. And I think some people might need to, but don't assume something is wrong 
because of what you've read on the internet. I mean, let's be honest, how many people think CrossFit is dangerous because of what they've read on the internet? I hear the same thing about keto as well. So I don't know that it's for everybody. I just know that if you're interested in it, have an open mind and maybe go through it yourself before making some decisions about it. Isn't that advice you can give on just about anything though? Just about anything. That's right. I I think one of my favorite one hit wonders is by the new radicals. You only get what you give. And I think that's kind of what this came down. You know that song, right? Yeah, I do. It's good. So I I think it's kind of like that. You, you got a lot out of it because you gave a hundred percent. Most people are going to try it in those first nine days, get the flu, quit. So you have to really be committed. Yeah. All right. I know you're, you, you have to get moving, but on the topic of advice, you are mm-hmm. someone I look up to in the, in the marriage. Literally. World. Oh, I okay. literally look up to you, <laughs> but I do look up to you in the marriage world. Cause you have 22 years. You got two teenage boys. You've run your own business. You, you make it, you know, clear if you follow your Instagram or social media that oftentimes you and your husband are crossing paths and you make it a point to meet at the airport for yeah. something. Yeah. What's your best piece of marital advice for a newlywed and you know, I've been married just under two years now um okay so I don't I don't know everything about this Jay to be perfectly honest with you but we've got 20 can, years on me yeah what I can say is you do have to make your connection with your spouse a priority you have to make that a priority without losing who you are personally. And I think early on in marriage, especially when people first start having children, and I know that I went through this, um, things change and you become different people. And I lost myself a little while when the kids were little and things like that. Um, It's important to remain who you are because that's who your spouse fell in love with. Remain who you are and grow together make time for each other, make it a priority. Even if you can't be around each other, make the time that you get to spend together matter. So that's what Shad and I try to do. Before we were traveling so much, you know, we're around each other all the time, but it was kind of throwaway time. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't quality. So now when we get to be around each other, we make sure we're connecting. And I think that's why it works for us. That's good advice. Very good advice. Thank you for that. What's your best judging story from the CrossFit game? So you and I are heading back out there in about a month. We just found out, you know, we're judging the individuals. You've done it, I think, a few years longer than I have. This is your sixth year? or fifth uh, It's year? my fifth year. Mm-hmm. Fifth year. So yeah. do you have a, a great judging story? Uh, I will say that judging is not always glamorous. um and probably one of my favorite stories just from last year has to do oh am i allowed to use bad language yeah we we don't keep it clean here perfect so i don't know if you remember the event We, we were on the field and they had to basically run and then pull this big drum down the field that was it they would run a loop and then they would pull this drum type thing down the field not the chaos event not the chaos event. Um, I'm trying to think of what number it was, but there was very little judging to do. Okay. There was a line of judges on the field and all we had to do was get them to pull this drum a certain distance. And once they crossed 
we said, go run again. And then we would fall back. Oh yeah, I did. okay, I remember that, yeah. Okay, so this was last year and it was the first event that was on live TV last year. And during the first heat, apparently us judges who were waiting for them to run were kind of twitchy on the field. And we were moving around and switching back and forth on the knees. And I guess we just kind of looked a mess. It's right? uncomfortable. It's People uncomfortable. Don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. To kneel on that, that AstroTurf. It was yes. like knives in my knee. And um, during the heat break or whatever, they were changing the heats out. Uh, Jesse Ward comes running over, big, big lumberjack of a fella. Yeah, long hair, long beard, big dude. And this had come directly from Mr. Dave Castro because he's watching the live feed and he collects us as a judges team. And he said, what you need to do is take your right fucking knee and stay there. That is the job. So we're all like, yes, sir. Copy that. Take your right fucking knee and stay there. So we all get out onto the field. You know, we run down together as a team because this is on live TV and this is the show. And we take our knee and just fucking stay there. And the only thing that made it worse is about your knee would go numb. And then you would have to get up and run down the field to take your next position as they were running. So then all of a sudden, all the feeling comes back and then you have to take your knee again your right fucking knee and stay there. So the whole time I was just thinking, this is the job. This is what you signed up for. Your right knee may never be the same, but take your right fucking knee and stay there. So. Yeah. For all the people listening that want to judge at the CrossFit games. (laughs) That's the job. It's a lot of that kind of stuff. (laughs) It's been great chatting with you. Do you, I always ask every guest, do you have a book that you recommend people check out? It doesn't have to be about keto or just a, a life-changing book for you? Oh, I wish I had one, but reading is the worst. I try not to do it. <laughs> What's well? What keto book you recommended? You did you? Uh, or you, you mentioned you you did some keto research. Did you? Was there a specific book? No, I I just was trying to find anything and everything I could about it, mostly on the line. All right, but I don't have anything for you on that. I'm sorry. All right. Well, hopefully your two teenage boys won't listen to this. Hopefully they won't find out mom doesn't read. I definitely don't read and I definitely never cuss in front of them. Oh, wait, that's not right. <laughs> well, it's been great chatting. This is really cool because a lot of people talk about it. Not not many people actually go ahead and, and do it. So great job. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. And yeah, I can't wait to see you. Enjoy some carbs with you. Thanks, Jay. Well, have a great rest of the day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again, Becky, for coming on Best Hour of Their Day. And listeners, now it's up to you. Are you going to check out keto? Are you going to do it? You're going to crush some bacon. You're going to remove carbs. I think the big picture is, as you've learned, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's not for everybody, but it works. It works if you do it. Like anything, you get what you give. As the new radicals say, you only get what you give. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Shout out to Becky. Check her out at Becky Harsh on Instagram at social media. And if you're ever in Castle Rock, Colorado, head over to Beaver Menace CrossFit. We'll be back Wednesday with another great episode where we're going to talk about how to prepare for your level two CrossFit seminar. Until then, hope you had the best hour of your day.